Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 484, Mr. Samich. Haven't been able to do this yet. Delmar, huzzah! Hey now, I just realized the title of the video says 482. That's wrong. 482 is the one that Aaron joined you for. Uh, maybe that's where my brain was at. There we go. Now we're officially Del Mar, uh, 484, covering the pick five Saturday at good old Del Mar. And uh, Mike, I do love the fact that the uh, races we've got covered for this pick five, 57 horses entered, and that's not counting the 10 also eligible spread out amongst them. If Saratoga gets rain on Saturday and they're off the turf and they're a little sloppy there, uh, over under 57 horses in the entire card that go through the gate at Saratoga. I'll go over because there's 11 races. They'll, they'll average at least five a race, so I'll, I'll take the over there. It's interesting. I love the Saratoga meet. It's phenomenal. But the first couple weekends of Del Mar are almost unrivaled because of the field sizes you get and the opportunities you get to go after long shots because of how many horses are in these fields. So I, I love this late pick five. I love the fact that we get these big fields. It's nice because if you just get one sequence right, it pays off. We had a 50-cent pick four last weekend that paid $4,700. You're not getting that very often. You need big fields. You need prices. And you get that shot at Del Mar. Yeah, and you also have a lot of cases where the morning line is because of how deep the fields are and how many horses are in there. Uh, the morning line, the off odds don't always equate. You might get a horse that's, you know, five to one, six to one on the morning line that for whatever reason gets ignored and creeps up on the board or especially in the multi-race wagers gets uh, left off of tickets and so you end up getting a lot more value than what's there so uh yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun sequence i've got a 20 to 1 in here that i think is pretty nutty but also has a case uh, a strong case to be made and uh our good friend dr shival is back in the the bing crosby that's an interesting race we've got a lot of fun let's get into it buddy right is up Rocking a headband today because, as Doc knows, uh, oh, that was it. Sorry, that said Rogue Ronaldo. I thought that was Ronald Tang. Well, Doc could, could tell you, and so could Samich. Uh, it is very hot in California right now, and uh, it's, it's about as hot as the waters off of Florida right now, actually, which is pretty crazy as well. Things are uh, going to be heating up at Del Mar here as we start off the late pick five Saturday, July 29th, race 7 11. Maiden Phillies and Mares 3 and up, routing a mile in the 16th out of that turf shoot. They're in for 62.5 claiming tags, though two horses get a three-pound weight allowance by dropping down to 55K tags. Interestingly enough, they're both from Tim Yakteen. Where'd you go on top? Well, uh, have you ever picked a race... And you know, you handicap it, you go through it, you're all excited about who you're going to take. And then you actually look at the name of the horse, you have no clue how to pronounce it. And you know that Magic's going to ask you who you have on top. <laughs> and you're really ready to butcher this name. Uh, I went with Enkaira. Sure. The two horse for Anson and Berrios. Uh, we talk about some of these lifetime maidens, and, and it, I'm not a huge fan of playing a horse that's 0 for 10, but I'm going to give this one the benefit of the doubt for a couple reasons. First off, only one turf effort in the first eight shots, right? And that was also under two different barns. So there's enough changing here that I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, say that we're going to run back to those last two races, which are probably good enough to be able to get the job done here. I like the 6-1 to one morning line price. I love my boy Hector Barrios. We talk about that all the time. Uh, I think he is one of the better, if not the best jockey right now at Del Mar. And 
there's a lot of question marks about why we ran in some of the spots we did. Started out at uh, at Turf Paradise or Turfway Park. I'm sorry. Ran four straight synthetic races. Tried one turf race at Kentucky Downs. Went to the dirt at Churchill Downs. Now we had back-to-back races here at Santa Anita to kick off the the five-year-old season for this horse. Two turf races. Now we're headed to Del Mar. We're back on the turf. And we're dropping from $62,000 maiden special weight into 62.5 maiden claimer. Not really a huge drop, to be honest. But it seems like this level is okay for the two horse. I like the price. I like the setup. I think you're going to get a great effort today. So I went with the two and Kyra on top here. Uh, I went back and forth with this horse and ended up switching with the... It was either this horse was last on or the other horse that I replaced her with. Um, I couldn't pull the trigger because I watched the replays from those turf efforts. And I was like, yeah, there's maybe there's a little bit of something there, but... It, it was it was hard to, to really make a case for um, now she did you know she was fourth uh, the horse that was second to back Luminifer- luminiferous who <laughs> ended up winning uh, the race last out at, at both at the main special weight level uh, I also didn't like the fact that Billy Mori had her for eight straight starts sorry seven straight starts and couldn't get a win out of her like if you go through the Billy Mori program at Turfway and you Turfway Park and you still don't get the win. Uh, you're not that con- that competitive. It just that kind of turned me off. But Barrios jumping on this horse when you know I thought that he did a great job riding the one horse last time out. You know I thought that would be where he would end up. So the fact that he's here for Ryan Hansen doesn't ride very often for the barn uh, says a lot about it. So I didn't use him. Uh, my top pick is the number nine Adelie at seven to two. First time in for a tag. Also first time out for Phil D'Amato. He's got st- consistently strong success with Irish bred turf horses at Del Mar. I don't, I can't explain it. There's something about Irish bred horses when they come to Del Mar, they seem to flourish, especially with Phil D'Amato. She did have two efforts last summer at uh, Del Mar, two best efforts of her career, I think, on page. That was with the George Papa Padrama Barn. Now, we haven't seen her since September 10th, a long layoff, but D'Amato is a trainer I think that you can trust. He's 23% in the last year off of similar layoffs like this going uh, a long time. So, I'm, I think she'll have plenty of ch- uh, pace to chase in this race as well. I wasn't trying to pick anybody that I thought was going to be on or very near the lead here. Uh, one of the reasons I left Ankyra off, I thought, uh, at least according to time form, she'll be more forwardly placed. But Adelie should be coming from off the pace, and it's Phil D'Amato at Del Mar on turf. So I'm going to use her. Did you use her? I did not. I, I, I don't disagree with any of your reasoning. Uh, fourth horse in, I went three deep. So also, if you, you want to use her, go for it. I just... <laughs> I don't think she should be the favorite in here. I do think she's going to go off as the favorite in here. Uh, Faisu, the jockey, was a bug, is not anymore. Is that correct? Uh, he, no, he's not, a, he's not a bug jockey. He is a former uh, Dubai jockey. Like okay, he, was a, okay. he was a strong Dubai runner. D'Amato doesn't use him very often. Did you notice that? Nope. Only yeah. three starts. And so to me, it was like, okay, why, why is this where we're ending up? Right? Is it why is it not Hernandez? Why is it not Bravo? Why is it not some of the one that the, the jockeys that Damato usefully, yeah, that that D'Amato uses on horses that he thinks are really gonna fire? That was one of the main reasons why I just couldn't end up there because I didn't love who D'Amato put on him. And you know, when you look through the rest of this field, I do agree with you, there's quite a bit of speed, but all the efforts that we saw from Adelaide. Uh, she's going to be way back here. Like, it's it's not even close to the lead. So it's going to be interesting to see if she can work out a trip. Uh, hasn't been sub 20-1 in the last five starts either, and now is a 7-2 to favorite against pretty much the same class <laughs> level. Like, I get the model's good. That's the, <laughs> one-fifth of the price good, though. Like, that, that to me seems a little aggressive here in a spot where I don't think she towers over the field. So I, I decided to try to go somewhere else. Other must-use for me was the four-horse uh, Warren's Paradise here. Uh, this one just feels like all systems go for Craig Lewis. 33% to me, one for three. Uh, but this is a horse we have not seen since last year at Del Mar. 
9% off the layoff, but attracts J.J. Hernandez to this mount. It's 24% at Del Mar, 26% overall for the year. Note that Hernandez rode this horse last time as well at Del Mar. So it tells me that he believes that there's some upside here. When you get the top jock going to a barn that he doesn't ride for all that often, uh, only 68 starts so far in the last two years, but clicks off at 20% for, tells me the horse is probably going to be ready to go off the layoff. So I included the four Warrens Paradise in here as well. This is the one that replaced Ankara in the, in the uh, spot for me. I felt like I could make a stronger case for this horse than Ankara. And the fact that the two turf routes were both, the two turf efforts were both routes, both at Del Mar and against Calbreds, but I thought those were very strong efforts. The biggest concern I had, for, and originally why I left her off for Ankara, uh, a 335-day layoff, and it, so first time back in a very long time. Craig Lewis isn't overly known for that sort of an angle. Uh, also, first time facing older horses. You know, she's only ever raced as a two-year-old. But hey, maybe she's gotten better at three. Clubhouse ride horses can uh, and often do get better as they get a little bit older. And Craig Lewis, the trainer, is the one that kind of is the chief handler for a lot of clubhouse ride horses. So I agree with you on the four. Last one for me. Oh, with the six, exclusive Joni at four to one. Trainer Bob Hess Jr. loves taking advantage of that ship and win program at Del Mar where you claim a horse or bring in a horse that started somewhere else, usually Churchill or New York or Florida. Uh, then he'll claim him, he'll bring him to Del Mar and, and gets a bonus in the first couple of starts with no matter where they finish. Uh, claimed her out of a dirt dud, uh, but she's had a pretty couple decent turf efforts at Gulfstream Park earlier in her career on the page. But I also love the fact that his top jockey, Ken DeSormo, is going to be uh, riding. They fire at 29% together in the last year. So give me exclusive Joni at 4-1. to one. I looked at this one, too. I just Both of those Gulfstream efforts that, that are really what you're going to point to if you're going to play this horse, right? They right. came after the championship meet, both in the optional 50K maiden level, like, that to me was what kind of moved me away from using uh, using her. Although, again, like you mentioned, Hess very good at the ship and win. And I, we talk about ship and win every year with Del Mar. You want to pay attention to these horses because there's a reason they are shipping them in and bringing them in here. And often it can point you to a, a price that you may not necessarily use. And on that note, give me the three horse. Cute Chloe here. Uh, Rispoli picks up the mount for Antonio Garcia. The last race is what got me going with this horse. I, I'm hoping we can sit off the pace and be able to close. But if you go back and watch that Ellis race, all kinds of trouble. All kinds of trouble in that race. That was $126,000 maiden special weight. So that is a significant drop from there to here in my mind. And I, I thought this horse ran really well and just got stymied going through the lane. I don't think the mile is going to be an issue. We'll see if she can turn it around. But again, with the shipping in here for the Ruiz barn and Rispoli picks up the mount, I, I, I'm going to take a little bit of a shot here at 6-1 to one with the three-horse cute Chloe. I gave this horse some consideration. A big part of it is because Reese Billy's riding. Uh, the trainer, uh, Garcia, not necessarily known for doing strongly in turf routes or, or route races like this. But uh, Reese Billy here and not on the D'Amato. D'Amato's using a bunch of different jockeys yeah. so far. He, he is not sticking with just one jockey anymore. And, and there's another horse that I'm using later that D'Amato's got that's got it up for jockey altogether. So uh, it is interesting to see what he's doing. He's almost kind of like testing the waters. It's like when Baffert finally breaks up with whoever his, uh, like right now it's Juan Hernandez. Probably not going to break up with him anytime soon, but you can look at Drayden Van Dyke. As soon as he broke off with Drayden Van Dyke, he started playing around a little bit. Uh, do the same. He did the same with uh, Abel Cedillo as well. So it is very curious that Frizu ends up on the tomato Irish bread on turf and not Reese I did find that quite curious. Yeah, it's it's always interesting when you see these horses kind of go in and out of different barns and and the jockeys specifically who they ride for in a lot of these different spots. I, to me, again, like going back to the nine, the fact that it's Faisu and it's not one of these jockeys that that D'Amato usually gets, and they end up on horses that I think are a little unique. You, you kind of wonder, okay, did they? get asked to ride these horses before D'Amato decided he was putting in here? How did this kind of end up in this spot? But it still makes you wonder about the nine and where 
Hernandez and Rispoli and some of these other guys land. Next race, Mike, we'll move on to the second leg of the Del Mar Late Pick 5 on Saturday, July 29th, race 8. This is the grade 2 San Diego Handicap. We've got 10 older males routing them out on the 16th, though, as you see here on the screen. Number 8, Paroli, is going to scratch, so it'll end up being a field of 9. This is a local prep for the Million Dollar Pacific Classic at the end of the meet. There's nine horses, Mike. I think this is like a two-horse race, maybe two and a half. You use the two. I singled the six to fund it. To me, this is the most talented, classiest horse in the field. I think he's going to get a perfect trip. It's just a matter of if this is the defunded that does well sometimes at Del Mar or the defunded that completely shits his pants at Del Mar. Like, you don't know which one you're going to get. Uh, but he seems to be in top form right now. It's six races since October 1st. Four wins, two of those were grade ones. He got a second in the Pegasus World Cup, which has come back strong. He got third in the Big Cap, barely, also a race has come back strong. I singled him, but I also understand why you used the number one slowdown, Andy. Yeah, I defunded the top pick here. I, you can't really knock him for anything he's done. I, I agree with you. It's a two and a half horse race. To me, the next horse up was one, the one slowdown, Andy, who I wanted to use in this spot. Look, I, the Met Mile was an impossible spot for slowdown, Andy. Right? Let's just just throw that race out. It wasn't. It was never going to win that race. Just really, really tough field. Tried to press the pace early. Ran into a monster in Cody's Wish. Just don't even worry about that one. But the time he ran into Cody's Wish before, going two turns at a mile. Looked really, really good. People forget he was only a length and three quarters behind Cyberknife and Cody's Wish in the Breeders' Cup mile. That was a really, really good race. Oh, by the way, this is a four-year-old who's now second off the layoff. And if you haven't noticed, Doug O'Neill is pulling a Linda Rice on the West Coast because he's clicking off at 24% <laughs> at Del Mar. And everything he is sending out right now is live. You'd expect Slowdown Andy's going to take a step forward here. And if Slowdown Andy takes a step forward, he's right there with the funded. And he is more than double the price. So I, I felt like you kind of had to use the one here as well because the upside for Slowdown Andy is significantly higher than almost anyone in here. We kind of know what the funded is. If Slowdown Andy improves off that Breeders' Cup race, I, he may be better than defunded, period, end of sentence. So we'll see what happens there. The other horse I considered was the four missed the cut. I, th this is the one where I, I could make a pretty strong case as to if you wanted to fade defunded completely, use the one in the four and you try and blow this thing mm -hmm. up. Because this is going to be second time in North America for this horse. Looked really good. Lost to American Admiral, who's the sick five horse in this race. But it feels like the four has more upside here. Uh, going to be coming from off the pace, and what should be a pretty fast pace. Had Hernandez up on the first mount, gets Barrios up here. Uh, Hernandez was never riding him here. It was, he was always going to be underfunded, so I'm not going to mm -hmm. knock losing the jockey there. I think the replacement jockey is pretty darn good as well. And again, the mm -hmm. upside is there for the four horse missed the cut. So for me, I went 6-1. I wouldn't argue against singling against the six. I wouldn't argue against going one four if you wanted to try and pull this up a little bit. So I think, and then this is the third horse that I said was maybe two and a half. This is the half I was considering. I think Miss the Cut is going to be really interesting for the Pacific Classic. And I want to see how he does in this spot where it's more than a four horse field and he's last of four at San Diego going two turns. That's just impossible. And the reason I say that. John Sadler has won the Pacific Classic four of the last five years. The only time he didn't was with Bob Baffert Maximum Security. But if you remember, he did it with a horse like Higher Power, who they bought privately or, or bought at an auction and brought him to Del Mar, and suddenly he was a grade one winner. Uh, you look at what they did with Tripoli. That horse was nothing. Now, granted, the year Tripoli won, no offense to Tiz the Magician, who was second, that was possibly the worst edition of the Pacific Classic ever. But... Sadler just knows how to get horses ready for the Pacific Classic, and it feels like this horse missed the cut, who you know overseas was running on turf and synthetic and winning very easily at a mile and a quarter uh, on multiple occasions. 
It feels like a mile, mile and a 16th, not enough for this horse. He needs to keep going longer. So watch him and see if you want to play him back, even underneath for the Pacific Classic, because I'm with you. I think he's interesting. He's got upside. I just don't think he's ready quite yet to be winning this kind of a race. Yeah, I'm happy they're stretching him out. Um, going a mile and a 16th today, went a mile first time in the U.S. I Maybe wants more ground, to be honest with you. That's the other part where the Pacific Classic may be a good point. May end up on turf, too. Three for six in his career on turf, including being yeah. uh, a group stakes placed overseas. So uh, a lot of different ways you can go with Mr. Cut. I think it's a positive sign that they're throwing him in here and kind of seeing what he can do. I, I think more distance is better. And that was really the reason I ended up not putting him on here. This is a mile and a quarter. Uh, mile and an eighth, like all of a sudden missed the cut. It's a lot more interesting to me. We'll move on. The third leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, July 29th. Race nine, 12 Phillies and Mares, three and up, plus two also eligibles routing a mile on the turf. The N1X allowance level, where'd you go on top? I thought this was a really tough race. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, the, yeah. There's a lot of different places you can go. You've got the four <laughs> impact warrior for Phil D'Amato. First time here in North America. That's generally a pretty good thing. I ended up not using this horse. I, I thought this race was a spot where you want to try and get around that horse and try and find some prices. I'm going to go with the three horse Rebel Girl. Is first off a pretty significant layoff. Nothing crazy. Let's May 29th, the last time we saw this horse. I thought ran pretty good in that allowance. This is a $285,000 daughter of Noble Mission who stands for 20 grand. Noble Missions generally get a little bit better as they get going. And the last time out, they went a mile. A horse faded a little bit, but I thought had a pretty good shot at winning. I'm hoping we're a little bit better here later in the four-year-old season. You're getting eight to one, which I think is a very, very fair price on a horse that has tactical speed and should be able to tip out. And oh, by the way, Juan Hernandez picking up the mount <laughs> here as well for Leonard Powell, who has uh, also been on fire at Del Mar three for seven early in the meet here. So I'll take the three Rebel Girl on top. My second choice, and uh, to kind of yes and you, last time out, Luis Saez rode this horse when he was in town for Memorial Day. That's pretty stand, uh, pretty significant for him to come in and ride for the Frenchman, Leonard Powell. Uh, you know, you look through the races and you're like, all right, she's only one for eight in her career. She's only ever raced at Santa Anita or the one time that she went up to, uh, was it Sunray? Not Santa Rosa. I always forget what the SR Santa Rosa up in the uh, Northern California circuit. But other than that, she's been in Santa Anita. Maybe she likes Del Mar. Some trainers, like Leonard Powell, they like Del Mar better. Leonard Powell kind of aims his horses for the Del Mar meet as well. And I like that her time form figures have very slowly and steadily been on the rise. And that's kind of Powell's way is just to bring him along, bring him along. And it seems like she's doing very strong. So I agree with you on this horse. Um, we went, There were two short price horses and we split on these ones. So I'll let you talk about yours in a second. I did make the four impact warrior my top pick. First time North America with the motto. This is another Irish bred. I already mentioned why that's a big angle. Uh, she got a feel for the local turf here on July 23rd with Kent DeSormo in the saddle. And that's why I think Kent DeSormo is riding this. I mentioned two races ago, D'Amato just kind of playing musical chairs with his jockeys to see who he likes. I thought it was very interesting that Kent shows up here. I also thought it was interesting that he's on this horse when he had been on the two in her last four starts. And in the last three of those, she lost by a neck. She won and she won. And now you're jumping off of that horse to come over here and ride for D'Amato, which you never do. I mean, I guess if you are, if you're a jockey in Southern California and you, the, the, the trainer calls or your agent calls and says, hey, Phil D'Amato wants you to ride a first time North American horse on turf at Del Mar. I think you say, OK, like, I don't care who I'm riding uh, already. I'm going to ride that horse. But they also look at the fact that she's only ever tried softer yielding turf overseas. She could end up loving the firmer ground here at Del Mar. So that's why I put the four on top.
Yeah, I, I'm again. I, I don't hate to use the four. I just I'm trying to get around some of these favorites in these big fields, and if I use too many, the price of the ticket goes up. So I have to try and control the price while also being able to to sprinkle around. And to me, this is again one of those favorites where I decided I'd rather take horses that have run uh, here in the U.S. in this spot over them. And, and the nine is my second pick in here, three to one on the morning line. Look, ultimate high. If I'm if I'm going to use the three horse, I kind of feel like you have to use the nine as well. Uh, it, the big issue with ultimate high here. Back to back to back seconds, right? I mean, that's that's the one thing that you point at. Horse hasn't won in a while. That being said, those races were all good enough to win and just couldn't quite get the job done. And the horses that this horse was running behind were pretty good as well. It's not like we were losing to a bunch of scrubs. Uh, there was also some trip trouble in that mile race, two back. So for me, I, I felt like ultimate high is one of those I have to use if I'm using the three. And he's going to be storming late here. We'll see what kind of trip we can get. But it's nice that Rispoli decides to pick this mount up as well. You mentioned the horse hasn't won in a while. This horse hasn't won in, she's been at this level for 12 straight starts dating back to May 7th, 2021. That means for 12 straight starts, she hasn't gotten the job done. She's just been against this same exact level. They tried a couple of times on dirt. Now the thing going for you, A, she's very consistent, so you know she's gonna come with an effort late. Um, Reese Bully, the last time that he rode her on turf, he's been aboard her twice on turf. Those are the two wins that she has on her page. So you can kind of point at that, Reese Bully, one of the best turf riders that we have in Southern California. I just, I also didn't love the fact that I didn't see a lot of pace in here. And I think with her style that she's going to need a lot of these horses to come back to her. I don't know that they're going to be doing that in that spot. So that's why I left her off. But again, we were, we looked at this and I went with the four. I went with the nine. They're going to be right there with each other uh, in terms of the, the odds go. By the way, Michael Osen in the chat, I was saying that he needed a, uh, what, one, three, seven, nine to close out the pick five at Saratoga. I don't have it pulled up, Mike. The one, one. one? Hey, all right. There you go, Michael. Is what good payout, or are we looking shitty? Uh, I don't have it up. The one just knows the seven. It should be pretty decent. The pick sixes were really good. Well, there you go. Congratulations, Michael. Good to see that for you. Uh, next up for me, uh, the number seven, Peg's AK Girl at 8-1, to one, shipping in from the Naira circuit after getting a win and hitting the board in all three starts on that circuit, uh, including uh, almost winning with Chad Summers as the trainer. So you know the horse has got to have some sort of natural talent. Makes the first start from new trainer Herman Walensky. He's only had 16 starters in 2023, but of those 16 starters, Four wins, nine in the money finishes, and he's a Florida guy that ships this horse out to California uh, to try and, and, and get her in a start. Notice she was uh, training also at uh, Monmouth Park back when she was with Toscano, so she's been all over the place. That tells me, Mike, that she can bring her game with her wherever she wants to go. She can win from off the pace or from on the pace, and uh, past races, she's had Irad Ortiz Jr. board, Javier Castellano aboard, so... Top jockey agents are thinking that this horse has a lot of talent as well for the level she's been at. She's been in some claiming races and, you know, kind of up and down and through the ranks a little bit. But at 8-1 to one with things going for, I think with Olenski being the trainer and Maldonado being the jockey, I think she's going to absolutely get ignored on the board. So I'm going to take her thinking I get a lot of value here. My, my only issue here is I just... Those last two races were just so New York turf races. And, and that's where, if I'm going to point to, hey, she can win this race, it's got to be one of those type of races. They were crawling up front. And that really benefited her, uh, specifically in the Gates Wire victory. The last one out at a mile and a quarter, she was able to, there was a kind of runaway leader who was up six early. Uh, she was able to kind of get the lead and then got passed late and i just there wasn't a ton there for me the mile efforts left me something to be desired i think she might want to be going a little bit longer so i was a little concerned around the distance she did break her maiden to mile but that was in maiden 40s um and it was a very slow time at saratoga so i just i couldn't pull the trigger on her coming in here and it may just simply be because i've seen her run too much 
And I don't think <laughs> like that to me is like one of those issues where it's like, look, I, I had her when she went to gate to wire, but that was because she was had a shot at going gate to wire. They went 115 for a mile and an eighth. I mean, if she tries to go 48, they're going to go 23, 47, 23, 48 over this turf course. That's not a good sign for a uh, Peg's AK girl unless she switches up the style and is able to come from off it. Now she broke her maiden coming from a mile coming from off it, but that was a very, very slow time. So I'm, I'm a little concerned. We're too short and the setup isn't there for her. So I didn't end up putting her on. Uh, to be fair, four and uh, the, the I'm, no, no, I didn't even consider the seven. The four was one of the ones I considered <laughs> the eight, Lady Jade. She didn't end up making the ticket. The 12 for me, Shocking Gray, was the other horse that made the ticket here. Uh, look, Jeff Mullins coming off the bench, not great. Uh, eight for 81, 91 cent ROI. But that last race I thought was actually really good. Uh, and the race before it I thought was pretty good. You go two and three, or four, three and four back, both wins going this distance at a mile. Barrios picks up the mount for the third straight time. Horses two for four at the distance with a second and a third ran second at Del Mar going this distance. This just seems like a horse that's ready to go. You're getting late four-year-old season here, and I love the workout last time out with a 47-3. and three. I think we're ready to go off the bench here, and I like the price at 12-1. to one. So I went 3-9-12 here. I liked the 12 a lot. I hated that post position, and that's what kind of worried me. Um, but she did have a lot of great races last year. Now, also, if you remember, you noticed that there was that one race where she was trained by Jeff Mullins Jr., uh, so Jeff Mullen Sr. got the old <laughs> suspension, and uh, suddenly the, the sun took over, and he won like six races in two days. You remember that period? Yep. People were just like, are you effing kidding me about what's going on? Uh, anyways, Linda oh, Rice yeah. won today, today at Saratoga in the race of the day. Uh, moving on. For this race, uh, last one for me, number one, Pleasant Wave at 10 to 1. Big class drop after, you know, she breaks her maiden the second time out. Immediately, stakes, stakes, grade three stakes, grade three stakes. All right, now that was a little bit too much. We're going to bring her back down to the allowance level here. Uh, note, by the way, that that maiden win that she had, the only time she's ever been at Del Mar, so she showed that she could handle the course. Two back, nearly won the grade three Providencia stakes, going a mile and an eighth. Uh, last time out, she had a pretty rough trip. She didn't want to settle on early. She still was in a photo for third. I know it says she was fifth, beating six and a half. Selenea absolutely freaked in the grade three honeymoon, looked fantastic. Uh, but she was right there in that photo for third and just uh, missed out by a couple of uh, a couple of noses and heads there. So I went with the one here, especially at 10 to 1. I know Diego Herrera is not a, a household name when it comes to turf riding, but he has gotten a lot better at it since he first started riding. So he seems to be on the improve. I will take the one pleasant wave at 10 to 1. I'm surprised this horse is 10 to 1. Um, one of the reasons I didn't use this horse, I handicapped without the morning line odds, and I thought this horse was going to be 7 to 2 and, and wildly overbet at that type of number. Uh, the back to back races you mentioned, grade threes, we're getting back into more realistic company here. Look, this is one of those where. I, if you want to expand, I would I would consider the one now because of the price. I mean, this is a horse I clearly thought, thought highly of, of, broke the maiden in four straight stakes after that. Horse ran pretty well in all of them. We talk about this sometimes. I don't love it when you run your best buyers when you lose because I don't always trust that the second and third place buyers are accurate in some of these cases. The last two buyers, the career best buyers, neither of them a win. However, the race two back was a pretty good second. So I, I don't hate the use of the one here at all, especially 10 to 1. All right, Mike, the penultimate leg of the Del Mar Late Pick 5 on Saturday, July 29th, race 10. This is the grade one Bing Crosby Stakes. Uh, I love this race for so many reasons this year. It's a Breeders' Cup winner for the sprint. My uh, reminder, the Breeders' Cup will be held at Santa Anita later this year, so you'll probably see a lot of these horses later in the fall. Also interesting to note, you have both the 2021 winner in Dr. Scheibel and the 2022 winner, American Theorem, both in this race right here. Where'd you go on top? I almost singled here. Um, I think this would be a coming out party for Spirit of McKenna. I, I think the two horses, a phenomenal horse. I love the triple bend last time out. I, I think you could see another phenomenal effort here. 
So I, I considered singling Spirit of McKenna. I ended up going three deep because of how much speed there is in this. If you remember, uh, I think it was American, American Theorem. When, when he won this race, we talked about how that speed was going to come back. And you got American Theorem at 13 to 1. Picked him that day. I think we could see a very similar Bing Crosby in this spot where a lot of this speed comes back. Because there is a lot of 120-plus time form early pace here that is going to be setting a blistering pace early in this, this uh, edition of the Bing Crosby. It was actually the 2021 because they went uh, 21 and 4, 44 and 3, and came home in uh, 110. They, they were smoking that day, and Dr. Scheibel was expected to be part of that pace. And because he wasn't, I think, was a major reason that he won. But you had Brickyard, Ride, Law, Biden, Citizen, Quick Tempo, aptly named, all just completely gunning it out there. But yes, I agree with you uh, in the fact that there is a lot of speed in here. And so three of the four horses I use don't really have that kind of a, a speed. Spirit of McKenna, I think, needs to be on the tickets at, at the four to one, absolutely use him. Um, four or five career starts, he's won. The only time he lost was by a head. It's the only time he tried two turns. He's clearly a sprinter. And I love the Joe Bravos on him. Now, the concern I have with Spirit of McKenna, I, that inside draw with 12 horses and he's not speed, I'm worried he's going to get into some trouble off and through the turn. Like, you could see him get backed up just a little bit, and that Bravo has to tap on the brakes, and there are enough classy horses in here that that could be the difference between him finishing first and getting second. So um, I absolutely used him. I love him in this spot. But Dr. Scheibel is my topic. Of course he is. Dr. Scheibel loves Del Mar. Like, I love popcorn. Four starts. He's got three wins at Del Mar. Two of them grade ones. Uh, by the way, the one time he lost, it was second by a nose in the Breeders' Cup sprint. Um, Aaron will tell you, that if, Aaron, if Aaron remembers, uh, through the turn, I thought Dr. Scheibel was winning. And I started running from where we were at at Telmar in the grandstand. And I Aaron. And, and I ran all the way down the stretch with the horses. And, like, of course, they passed me. But, like, right at the, the wire, I saw him get nailed. Of course, and they I just passed you. <laughs> yeah, and I stopped and just put my head down and very slowly walked past all the people I'd shoved out of my way because if he'd won, I was going to be in the winner's circle photo. So I was very excited about that. Didn't happen. However, I think he's going to get a perfect trip behind all the speed like he did in 2021. JJ Hernandez picks the mountain back up, and unlike Spirit of McKenna, I think this wide post draw is going to help keep him out of trouble. So give me the good doctor at seven to two. Yeah, that stupid horse and. What was it? It was Malathat, right? Wasn't it Malathat who lost to the Japanese horse who was a monster price? Am I making this yep. up? Those yep. two horses who somehow <laughs> lost both those photos cost me so much money that day. I, I'm like, and this one specifically, how this horse lost to Aloha West, I will never freaking know. This horse should have gotten home five times out of five, maybe 100 times out of 100, and somehow it's nosed by Aloha West, who, by the way, I don't think we've like actually seen do anything since that Breeders' Cup sprint. It's been just a wild. I saw him retire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not going to use Dr. Scheibel. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. I, I, everything you said, totally accurate. Could totally win this race. Seven to two. No thanks on this horse. I don't love the draw. I think that 11 post isn't great. You're going to be four or five wide. It's going to be early, forwardly placed early. There's so much speed in here. I'm going to take horses I think come from off it, like the horse was inside. I'll take the uh, American Theorem here, who I think is going to come from way off the pace and be able to run late. I don't mind the draw and the tempo because you'll be able to tuck in into like the two path around the turn and then pick your spot and try and roll home. We've seen horses close and win this race before. We've seen American Theorem close and win this race before. I think that's what you're going to see again here. So give me American Theorem, the 10 on the ticket as well. Did you use him? No, nope. I don't like this horse. I've never really been a fan of this horse. Uh, the year that he won the Bing Crosby, get her number was second. Let's get lucky was third. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Fell asleep reading off those names. No, I don't like this horse in this spot. Um, he's there is a lot of pace i think underneath he's a good choice at eight to one i think he'd be a good tournament horse to use but i just don't like him uh go three more posts inside number uh, the third horse for me number seven anarchist at four to one a big reason he ran a really good second to elite power last out in the true north and this horse has either finished first or second ever since he broke his maiden that's seven straight starts he's got two wins five seconds uh, again, if you go back and you watch what he did in the, uh, the, the elite power stakes, the true North stakes, uh, for him to be within two, you know, less than two lengths behind elite power. And that's who Aaron Haltman has as the number two horse in training in America right now. That says a lot to me. Yeah. Well, we all have bad opinions. Uh, yeah, I don't like, I love that. You're like seven straight first or second. It's one win loves to run second. Doesn't love to two win. wins. Five yeah, seconds. One of them was maidens. Okay. The, okay. Since his maiden score, he's run second five of six times and now he's facing the toughest field he's ever faced uh the elite power second was kind of a bs second let's be honest they didn't well no no no. don't shake your head don't shake your head it was a six horse field at belmont it, they went 21 23 and 146 strobe ran third there wasn't anything in that race behind elite power like so if yeah okay great we're close to elite power not trying right that's like if i ran Ty, ran in a race against tyree kill and Tyreek Hill ran backwards and I ran second to him, that's about the same thing here. That's the, There's just not much here to say, oh, yep, that's going to be really the step forward. So hard pass on four to one on Anarchist. No, no thanks. Not even a little bit. Not even with Doug O'Neill, who's the Linda Rice of the West Coast right now? It's a good point. That you, do have, <laughs> you do have the Linda Rice of the West Coast on your side. You want to do a 10-7 heads up? File tequila? No, I'm not doing any heads up in this spot. This race is, is, is freaking incredible. There's like the amount of talent that's in this race. I mean... Get her number still technically as a grade one winner somehow. So you've got that horse in here. The Chosen Vron, who, uh, we haven't even talked about. I didn't use, but uh, this horse, if this was a Calbred race, I think we're all singling him, right? Like, he's pretty damn impressive. The speed uh, which you backed up, you could beat Tyree Kill in a race if he was running forward. How fast you backed off that opinion on the seven there. Uh, for me, third horse, give me the Chosen Vron. I, I don't, I'm kind of bummed it's four to one. I thought Chosen Vron was going to be a higher price here. But I realize we're not against state bread company, which is what he's been reeling off all these wins at. It's a good horse. And this is a horse that's going to be able to sit behind the pace, sit in fourth, fifth, and be able to make a move, get a run around the turn, see if he's good enough in this spot. I can't leave him off the ticket here in this spot. I thought I was going to get eight to one. Again, handicapped out the morning line. Now it's four to one. Don't love it as much. I bet that floats up, though. I don't think he's going to get bet that much here in this field. It, I didn't use him, but it would be kind of cool if he if he did win this just because of how unbelievably consistent and good he is on the Calbred ranks. We haven't seen him lose a race uh, since uh, that was the Pat O'Brien last August. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight wins he's got. So uh, would be cool. I don't think it'll happen, but uh, he's a fun horse. The last one for me, this is where I go a little bit nutty. Number 12, Peaceful Waters at 20 to 1. I, I'm surprised by the 20 to 1, and maybe it's because he's never touched Stakes Company before, but seven dirt sprint starts, two wins, all seven times finished in the money. He comes out of a Keeneland race that he won gate to wire, but Ronish Racing bought this horse at auction for $310,000, and there's nothing about the breeding that says he's going to go off and be a stallion that someday that people actually want to send their mares to. 
Ronis loves to buy horses from other spots, like I talked about, with higher power, with the horses in the, the San Diego Handicap. They love to go find those horses somewhere else, bring them to California because they know it's not as strong in California as it is in other locations around the country. And then suddenly they go off and they win grade one races. I, okay, the horse has never shown that he can rate. That's true. He's a front runner. There's a lot of speed. It looks like it's going to be a fast race. Another thing that bugs me about him, he runs on the long lead every race. Go back and watch any of those races that he's run. He's on his left lead. He's goofing around like a jackass. And he still ends up finding ways to win. It's a horse that's very frustrating for me when I'm watching him. But as you look at his resume, what he's been able to do, and knowing what the connections are doing with this horse and, and what they've done in the past with success at Del Mar, and I'm getting 20 to 1 on him, I, I had to throw him on the ticket. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I can't hate on you, right? I mean, you got inside speed. Oh, wait, no, he drew the 12 post. He's out, out, out. Oh, wait, but he passes horses. Oh, wait, he's never passed a horse in his career. Nope, no thanks. <laughs> Mike's a different person when Aaron's on screen. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> I have been, I have been. My, Mike goes from performing to the audience to performing to Aaron. That's what I, happens on I this have show. Been live You're welcome. Five hours today. You're getting the back end of this. <laughs> this is true. Mike, Mike, Mike's been doing. Uh, Mike's been on air longer, so long. You think he was on Blinkers Off, but uh, that hasn't oh. happened yet today. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, Aaron. Now that you have not talked for five minutes and awkwardly sat there and reacted to us, who do you like here in the uh, the Bing Crosby? No, I, I, I just came to make sure my internet was working. You guys go ahead. <laughs> on the internet. Because I have blinkers off that's going to last a couple of hours. <laughs> All right, well, we better, hurry up. we better hurry up and get off of here. By the way, if you do want to see what Aaron's picking for the Bing Crosby, go to YouTube.com slash Racing News or RacingNews.com. The preview is up on the website. You can check that out as well as his picks for the Jim Dandy and the Vanderbilt and Friday's Amsterdam. Get that one as well. A CZ Rocket wins this, burn it down. Just burn everything down at Del Mar. <laughs> hate that horse so much. Box him up, call him home. CZ Rocket and get her number. <laughs> Fifth and final leg of the Del Mar, late pick five. Saturday, July 29th, race 11, 12 maiden males, three and up, plus four also eligibles, routing a mile on the turf. And uh, Mike, I think the two best horses in this race are in the also eligible list. So we're left with what else is here. So tell me who you got on top. Uh, this is an interesting race. I, I went with the four smooth salute on top here. Michael McCarthy, Edwin Maldonado picks up the mount. I uh, haven't seen this horse since er earlier in this year at Santa Anita, so coming off a little bit of a layoff. But Saez rode last time out, ended up running behind Yellow Brick and Maltese Falcon, uh, who, by the way, probably two of those horses you mentioned, the also eligibles that maybe yes. <laughs> had they drawn into the race. Smooth salt salute made the lead, wasn't able to get the job done, broke out of the eight post that day. I this seems like the right spot for this horse. Like the work, two back, 59, uh, one of 13 for a bullet work. Has actually been working really well if you look at all of those workouts. Uh, off this type of layoff, McCarthy, 16%, $2.36 ROI. I think Smooth Salutes, all systems go here. I almost just went four or five. I ended up using another one. The five and the second choice here, legitimate target. Berrios picks up the mount for Diamato. This is one of those when uh, when he decides to ride, you pay attention. 31 mounts for Diamato, 19% win percentage, two is 27 ROI. Delmar. 31% win percentage with a $4.12 ROI. That's another horse that's been running overseas, now coming over here for the first time. I think this horse is a shot at firing a big one. The four and the five are almost as deep as I need to go here. I agree with you on the five. And like Kevin says, my handicapping of this race went, hmm, tough race. Where's my boy Barrios Hector? Going to single him. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I love that angle there. Uh, by the way, the Dams family, even though the five hasn't touched turf yet, the Dams family includes... 
grade one arc winner workforce from a few years back. So plenty of turf pedigree there to like. I didn't use Smooth Salute, and that one kind of hurt me a little bit because he's a full younger brother of one of my favorite horses of all time, Smooth Like Straight. This is his full younger brother. He, I thought he did show good improvement from start one to start two going sprint to route. I also thought he was very clearly the third best horse in that race last out, and the two that, uh, sorry, third best horse, and then the horse that was second and third that are on the also eligibles here, I thought they were much better, especially Maltese Falcon. So I didn't want to take him here at a short price, but I'm like, I didn't even think he was clearly the, like, he was clearly the third best horse in that spot. But he does have a lot of upside, and like I said, full younger brother of Smooth Like Straight uh, is something to get behind. I went three deep. I used the five. My top pick's the number seven, Watsonville, at six to one. This horse is going to stretch off off of two sprints, has the pedigree to handle the mile. Uh, Jack Milton out of the Kitten's Joy Mare. Ran well last time out to get second. The winner went gate to wire, was completely unpressured, never catching that horse. I think Watsonville's kind of sliding under the radar here at six to one, so I'm going to make that my top pick. Uh, yeah, look, third horse on for me. I agree with you. I like the two sprints to a route here. When you look at those numbers, they're solid, uh, glad 25%, one sprint to a route, 38% going two sprints to a route. Thought the horse improved first start to second start. I expect another step forward. Not really worried about the, uh, the distance here for this one. And oh, by the way, Jack Milton, son of Warfront. Out of a kitten's joy mare, Jack Milton stands for five thousand dollars, sold for two hundred and forty thousand at auction. So, uh, yeah, four, five, seven for me. That's all you need. And honestly, the the thing that I disagree with you about the four with Maltese Falcon. If Maltese Falcon was the four horse in this race and smooth uh, smooth salute was the also eligible, Maltese Falcon is like six to five. That's so. True. <laughs> and th there was a nose difference between the two. So, uh, to me, it's like I, you're getting a better price on a horse that ran comparable. Now I realize there was trip issues and there's a difference there. So I'm not going to say it was exactly the same. But uh, look, I, I think Smooth Salute is the best that has been in here before. I would be interested to see if we get seven to two or not. Yeah, that, that was that price will be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of movement here with the odds that you'll see some of these horses, like Watsonville, for example, might scoot up a little bit. And uh, Chase Tornado at five to one. It's a Bafford on turf. That one's pretty. Uh, I don't didn't have an interest in that horse, and I was kind of surprised this horse was five to one. Maybe it's the Bafford angle, uh, but it's an arrogant on turf, and that's usually not something that we really love to play on this show. Uh, last one for me. I'm going to use the six Hula Candy at six to one. Horrible early trip last time out. But I like that the fact that the horse didn't give up and did keep on coming late. Uh, note that he was bet down to 7-2 in his uh, prior starts for the barn. That's really not known for these early smashes. Now, it's a 5-year-old facing 3-year-olds. This horse waited until he was 5. He's a late bloomer. Colson's reading a book right now called Leo the Late Bloomer. This is Leo the Late Bloomer of the horse racing world, as far as I'm concerned. Joe Bravo keeps them out. We know Joe Bravo is fantastic riding on the turf. Third start of the form cycle for John Sheriffs. I think this is when the horse is going to uh, probably give its best effort. Hopefully give its best effort. It wants to beat some of these in here. But uh, don't don't let this be another Lady T situation, Mike. Put Hula Candy on your ticket. Uh, no. <laughs> Way to bring that up. Um, Wait, hold on. Hold on. Mike didn't use Lady T. No. <laughs> I used the one and the five, and both of them just decided not to, to lose the Lady T. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, wow. not really not really interested in using the five-year-old maiden that has not started well twice. That's not a good sign. Like, I realized rough early, like, also forgot to break in the first race. So <laughs> not so sure that this is just going to magically fix itself in the third start. Uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't include the six in the spot. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, were there any other horses, that you, other, that, other horses that you consider? Like, I know there's a couple of big bombs in here that you could get, like Stonks, Uncle Oscar. You know, if Uncle Oscar had a different jockey, I probably would have been more interested in him. Not really. I thought uh, the eight 
Chase and Tornado was a little interesting, but I don't like Baffert on turf and Airgate on right. turf. And so there's enough reasons to kind of get around that. Uh, you could make a case for Stonks if you really wanted to, but I didn't really want to. I uh, would need to take a pretty good step forward if you're going to be able to do that. I, if you wanted to go nutty to me, you could try and make a case for the one who's a first-time starter, unusual activity, uh, Kittens Joy, unusual heat, Tim Yak team is 13%. But he kind of sucks going over a mile. Uh, he's only done it twice, never won uh, for, for a debuting horse. So if I was going to try and play like bombs away, it would be the one. But I don't really think this is a bombs away race. Uh, the Chase, I forgot about this. I looked it up because I was like, oh, Chase Tornado, it's an arrogant. But I wonder who, you know, Vern Dickman, that's a name I've heard before. I'm like, what is this horse? And I looked at the Che Baby, the dam. Uh, a daughter of Curlin. She was second in both starts. Uh, Vern Dickman paid $975,000 for her as a yearling. This is the second full out of her. The first one is a candy ride out of a Curlin mare. The horse has made six starts, hasn't won yet, is entered to run uh, on the 30th, so on Sunday, has finished second three times. Do you know where this horse's six starts have all been? Get, let me put it this way. Guess what state this horse has made all six starts in? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to go Arizona. Wyoming. This ah. is a candy ride out of a Curlin mare that has raced three times at Wyoming Downs and three times at Sweetwater Downs. And if you see the look on Aaron's face, that's where you put the daughter of a $975,000 purchase? That's what you do with that horse? And then this is the second one? What the actual? <laughs> just, just general rule of thumb. If Baffert has a first-time starter and it's Arrogate out of a Curlin mare and it's on turf, the horse isn't very good. That just, just tips the hand right away, right? Because that's just not his thing. He wants to be running dirt horses, not turf horses. And so if, if you didn't even try the dirt, it tells you the horse isn't very good. Anyways, as Kevin says, I'm a full encyclopedia of useless information. That's, uh, that's why you come to the Magic Mike show, right? You come for Mike's picks, uh, for our, our debates about horses, Mike making a bet offer that I'll never take, and then, of course, my useless information. That's what we're here for. And, and Aaron's looks, apparently. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and Aaron and I for this uh, look at Del Mar's Late Pick 5. First of hopefully many uh, for 2023 that will be at Del Mar. But like we said, 57 horses entered, 10 also eligibles, tons of opportunity to make money. Hopefully we're able to help you out with that. If you check down below... If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can see our tickets uh, for the podcast listeners. We'll read them out. I will start off going 469 with 6 with 1347, 27, 11, 12, 567. That's $72 for my ticket. Mike, go give yours. I'm going to go with uh, 234 with 16 with 3912 with 2410 with 457, 81 bucks for 50 cents. Uh, reminder, Blinkers Off will be live here in about 10 minutes or so. So uh, if you are watching us live, just go take a bathroom break, get something to eat, maybe slip into something comfortable, come back, and uh, Aaron and Jared are going to go over all of the Saratoga races. You also get to hear Jared uh, wax Rhapsody for about, I'm going to say, 18 minutes about Go Rocket Ride winning the Haskell and how much he loves that horse. Uh, but you can check that all out here on Blinkers Off. It will be live here on the YouTube channel, facebook.com slash racing dudes, and, of course, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get that as well. Mike, uh, big weekend, the Jim Dandy. Uh, we're not going to be covering that, so we talked about it on Dude Too Bet Daily, but who is your pick for the Jim Dandy? Uh, man, I don't even know. I haven't decided yet. I think it's a really tough race. I, I, you've got like the fact, the fact that Saudi Crown shows up and probably going to be lone speed there, I think it makes it really interesting. I think Hit Show sitting right behind Saudi Crown becomes really interesting if, if Saudi Crown spits the bit. And then you have Forte, uh, who 
I really like Forte, but I'm not sure that this race sets up all that well for Forte. So I think it's a really, really tough race. If you're going to watch Blinkers Off, do yourself a favor. Go with a drinking game here. Anytime the words Kentucky Derby, go Rocket Ride. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other Jared is going to say. A lot. I'm already drunk. I don't. Need, you haven't even said how many times I'm already drunk. <laughs> do, a, do a shot. Go Rocket Ride or Kentucky Derby. And Fantasy League, too. When he says Fantasy League, because you're going to hear a lot about that as well on the Blinkers off this time. <laughs> uh, it'd be funny if this is Rapoli's last Jim Dandy. That was a little bit interesting of a, a little whiny fit he threw about that. Uh, he's still mad about uh, Forte getting scratched out of the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Aaron, before we go, since you're here and we have someone new to horse racing in the chat, 357 says, hey, Aaron, I'm new to horse racing. $40 to win on a horse or $20 to win and $20 to place? $40 to win. That's the correct answer. Good job, Aaron. So 20 to win and 20 to place versus 40 to win. Always, 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 no exceptions, 40 to win. And if you're going to go. say uh, 2020, 20, win, play, show, 60 to win is the smart. Always, way to go. always, 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 never, 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 never 20 to win, place, and show. Always take all that money you were going to bet and put it on the win. Always. No exceptions, no debates. It is not a debatable subject. Always. And if you'd actually like to see the math behind it, go over to race, the YouTube backslash racing dudes and search the video I made with a PowerPoint presentation with four separate examples of why betting to win is better than betting to place or show. Correct. I, uh, no, hey, I, no, I, shit, I, no shit. I know we've been, we've been goofing around. No shit. I had somebody email me. And this, is a, this is a true story three months ago and said, I'm betting across the boards. I'm hitting a lot of wagers and I'm losing money. I said, take all that money that you're betting across the boards and play it to win and you will be winning money. And they emailed me what magic you saw you see our emails like two days ago yep they were like hey what you told me has totally changed my roi i said exactly mm -hmm. because betting place and show is a losing long-term proposition always there's yep. there's really just no exception to that it doesn't matter the price of the horse it doesn't no. matter like there it's and and the one i know they're bringing up the bridge jumper thing Look, maybe in certain cases if you're only playing bridge jumper races and that horse runs out enough for you yes but like I don't know. I've watched 80 races today, zero bridge jumpers, right? So that that specific scenario is so few and far between. I mean, give Car Ramrod credit. He did come up with one scenario where betting a show <laughs> makes sense, but it, it, like you said, it just doesn't happen very often. Um, but yeah, if, if, if there's a huge bridge jumper in the show pool, sure, you could jump into the show, but run of the mill, day in and day out, just bet the wins. Just do it. You may lose a few, but long term, it's what you have to do. Yeah, and the state, that, that goes for any bet. If you're just betting to place, just betting to show, just bet it to win. It's always going to be more profitable, always a better ROI if you are just straight betting to win. Unless it's a, the, the time to do bridge jumpers, I've had a good success with this. Charlestown and Mountaineer, the state of West Virginia, the minimum payout is 220 instead of 210. So you're getting 10 cents more on every bet. Uh, yeah, exactly. Only time you ever do it, Charles. And you can get some good bridge jumper shit at Charlestown, too, because of how wacky that yeah, Aaron knows, too. All right, we got to get out of here. We're about to step on Blinkers off time. Thank you so much for joining Mike and Aaron and I. Uh, let us know in the comments section if you're playing. Send us your tickets. We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He's at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight. Jared is at Racing underscore Dudes because Aaron uh, is the only person in the company who can get away with not being on Twitter and it going so well for him. So I'm at Saratoga. You can come see me live and in person. No virtuals. Come see me live and in person. I'll be at Saratoga all weekend. And, by the way, right after Bleakers Off ends, I don't know when that will be, 
Due to Bet Sports, we're going to do a show. It'd be, it's going to be late. Papa Dude might be asleep. We're going to do a show. <laughs> so uh, we talk in Saratoga. So check out that as well. And if you uh, want to go to the nicer racetrack this weekend, I'll be at Del Mar. Come say hi to me. Uh, so we got coverage on both coasts, baby. West Coast and East Coast coming ahead. And uh, I, I had to reschedule my hair appointment because I forgot that I'm taking care of the kid all day Saturday. So that's how I'm spending my weekend. Uh, you enjoy yours. We Thank you so much for joining us. Dudes Who Bet Daily every Thursday through Sunday with a combination of these three faces and Papa Dude uh, at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hope to see you there. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And, and he's Aaron. <laughs> Good luck this weekend wherever you're at. See ya. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.